Hello, I'm Mark Thompson. Always a pleasure to be with you on the conversation here for Jank. Got a great show today. We're going to get into some politics and somebody who's running for Congress. And uh, then we're going to feature a couple of people from a documentary that is revealing. And Francesco will have that uh, conversation for you in the second half of the show. Let's go right to Texas. Donna Imam. Donna Imam, you are running in what, it's a 31st district, but tell us where that is geographically in this immense place of Texas. Yeah, so most of your you know viewers probably know that Texas is super gerrymandered. So they took Austin and they sliced it into six pieces and then they appended it with all these rural areas. So my piece of Austin is called Northwest Austin and then it has the suburbs. So Cedar Park, Round Rock, Leander, Georgetown. And then it goes all the way north up to Colleen and Temple. And Colleen has the largest armored vehicle military base in the entire country. So that's my entire district. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a that's an interesting brag, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, tell me how progressive politics plays in that part of the world. You know, Austin, you think of as the progressive city or more progressive place in Texas, but Texas, of course, itself, you don't think of as necessarily that progressive. How does progressive politics play there? Yeah, so most people, when they think of Texas, they think uh, you know it's red. But the challenge here is that the demographics of Texas has changed significantly. So I'll give you an example. Austin used to be a sleepy little college town with UT of Austin in here. But what happened over the last five to six years is it's grown into a big city. And that's forced people into the suburbs of Austin. We've grown so much that this district, just in the last election cycle from the end of 2018, has had a gain of 50,000 new residents in just one of the two counties. So when we talk about politics, yes, Austin is definitely definitely a blue sea, but remember it's completely gerrymandered, so it dilutes the vote so that you know it, it looks very, very red. The way we talk about, one thing that people need to understand is that if you look at Texas as a whole, there are more uninsured people and underinsured people in Texas than anywhere in the entire country. So putting aside labels and what is considered you know, liberal or progressive, the challenge is that we're trying to solve are healthcare, education, economic insecurity. And that's how we talk to the folks here when we talk about politics. Yeah, these are values that you have, and I may have read about you, and I know that this is reflected in your campaign that should resonate with those people. Your background, tell everybody about you, because you're really quite a competent soul. So tell everybody what, what, about how you got to this place. So I'm a computer engineer and I started out my career designing smart meters, um, but I went on to do product management and I ran some pretty large product lines. So tens of millions of people use products that I've um, worked on and brought to market. Uh, there's a microcontroller pretty much and anything you can dream of in the entire country from a washing machine to a commercial jet airplane. And I've worked on these products, so um, that's my background. I'm an electrical and computer engineer by training. And so it is kind of unusual for someone like me to be running for Congress. But what I believe is that our country is facing major challenges, right? Majority of the people in the United States are living paycheck to paycheck, even in this so-called great economy. And if we, the average working person, someone like me who gets up in the morning and goes to work, if we come together, we can solve these problems. And that's why I'm running. I think that 
we have to say, look, we can't just depend on the the small group of you know career politicians to solve our prop challenges. We have to bring in the average person, and and, and that's what got me in here. Even though you know you there's probably not an electrical and computer engineer um, in Congress, or not too many if there is one. <laughs> no, I mean certainly you'd be someone who would understand issues in a way that no one else on Capitol Hill understands them. Uh, so your uh, your, what you're talking about and, and your message seems so solid. And, and I suppose, I mean, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but I suppose many of these skills that you've also mentioned do apply to sort of following through in terms of getting systems, even political systems in place that would address these issues. Absolutely. If you look at our healthcare challenge, right, one of the things that we don't talk about a lot in the national news is that our country doesn't actually have enough medical professionals. We have a huge lack of primary care physicians, nurses, PAs, nurse practitioners, etc. Solving healthcare is a scaling problem. Sure, we want single-payer healthcare. We want Medicare for all. I'm absolutely on board with that. But to cover the 80 million people today who are not going to a doctor because they can't afford that deductible. They don't want to pay that $150, $200, $300 even to go see their primary care physicians when they get the sniffles. In order to cover them, we have to scale both the infrastructure and we need to put more healthcare professionals into the system. This is an engineering scaling problem and we need these skill sets in, in Congress today. If you look at education, we have too many people in this country that are debt ridden in a way that they can never get out of debt. They have debt bigger in some cases than mortgages, educational debt. If you think about it logically, Technology should lower the cost of education to nothing. Yet, the cost of education has skyrocketed. So we need to bring in people who understand how we can use technology to better people, to better people's lives. Because the whole point of having these corporations and innovation and research is to make our lives better. And that's the angle that I think someone like me with my expertise, both not just in technology, but also in financial. Like I have a, I did all of the financial planning for some of the biggest $37 billion product line. We need to bring in someone who has the financial breadth and the technological depth that can address these political challenges. And the way I talk to it about with my voters is this, look, if you went into a restaurant and your food order didn't come out right, or if you bought a product that didn't work, we don't put up with that. We say, hey, that needs to be fixed. I paid for that. But most of us are giving away the biggest chunk of our income in taxes to our government. And we just walk away and say, hey, we can't trust you to do the work right. So, oh well, we need to start asking our government for excellence, for performing not just with our, with the services that they provide, but excellence in the way that they execute on, on the efficiency of the dollars that we give them. And I think that's where someone like me can, like me can bring in a total difference in the way we look at government. And the last thing I'll say is this, the way the engineering mind works is this, we look at large scale problems and we don't say, look, the system does it right now, doesn't, you know, doesn't really account for this. It doesn't help to solve this. We say, how do we work around the system? How do we create a new system to solve this problem? And I think those are the ways we need to be talking about public policy and our government. 
Wow, that's just the best pitch. I can't imagine that that doesn't resonate. You have this uh, terrifically weird, as you suggest, gerrymandered district. And so yeah. you have people who are doing well, I think, in the economy, but you also have people who are barely making it by. They're making 10 bucks an hour or whatever it is, and they're really having trouble paycheck to paycheck. How do you make that message? First of all, I would think that message would resonate with everyone, but I'm sure there are parts of this district that you uh, want to represent that it, uh, in which it represents, uh, in which it resonates, I should say, uh, better than others. It actually, if you talk to the person in terms of the challenges that they face, it resonates everywhere. And I'll give you an example. For example, we have two major counties in my district, Williamson County and Bell County. And Williamson County has a lot of high earners because Northwest Austin and North Austin has big companies like Apple and Amazon, and they have a lot of high-wage jobs. But for every single person that has a six-figure salary in their in their household and or their income or household income is six-figure, there are three people that are really low-wage under $30,000 supporting that person. And those folks are really struggling. But the way you talk to middle class or upper middle class people is like this, look, it doesn't matter what you do. If you lose your job and every single person, even highly educated people with really good education has lost their job, even in Austin, Texas. And when you lose your job, guess what? You don't have healthcare. And if you have a family, a spouse or a partner and two children, you're talking about anywhere between $1,500 to $2,000 just for healthcare. So you talk to those six figure families and you say, hey, Medicare for all could actually solve this challenge. And they say, you know what? You're right because the one month, two months, three months, I can maybe afford the extra mortgage to pay for my payment for healthcare. But after that, if I'm out of a job more than three months, it becomes an impossibility. That's how you get the message to resonate. Once you talk in terms of how it impacts their wallet, once you talk in terms of how it impacts them, now you get people into the fray. And you get people bought into this message because they realize that this is not just about transforming the system. It's also about saving every single person. It doesn't matter where you are in the economy, cost. And if we don't address the cost of healthcare, we don't solve these problems for anybody. Donna, I ma'am, tell us about uh, how the support is going and how the race itself is going. We only have like a minute left, but I really am curious as to, uh, I just am so impressed with you. And, I, and please tell me some good news in that, in that area. Well, the good news is that our campaign has knocked on more doors than all the other campaigns in the primary together. We have made every effort to, to go out to every single voter. But we're a grassroots campaign, we need help badly. So for example, if every single one of your viewers today just donated $5, that will really help us get out the vote and win this primary. A six-way primary is a tough challenge, but we can do this and we can win on this message. People love this message, people love the hope that we're bringing them, people get the fact that we're saving them money. And all we need is a little help from everybody out there because you know congressional campaigns don't get countrywide national attention. And that's where your viewers can really support us. But in terms of maximizing your dollars, we're taking every single penny and we're using it to engage the voter. The campaign is voteforDonna.com. I am donating. It'll be the first thing I do when we get off the air tonight. VoteForDonna.com, actblue.com slash donate, and you can see it, Donna 
I'm am Texas or TX. You can see it all. Go for go to votefordonna.com and it will all come together. Uh, I, I'm going to support you. I'm so impressed with you, and thank you for joining us tonight on the conversation. Good. Thank luck. you so much for having me, Mark. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, stay with us. There's a big interview with a, a, a couple of principles in a documentary that's uh, that's fascinating. Francesca is going to do that. There's a new episode of my podcast up that you might enjoy. It's called The Edge with Mark Thompson. You've got to put the with Mark Thompson part in there because there are other shows called The Edge. The Edge with Mark Thompson. And you'll hear the story of how the cops showed up at my house to handle an intruder. Yes, that's one of many stories you'll hear on the show. We also talk politics as well. Stay tuned. Francesca's next. And uh, until next time. <laughs>